right now, uh, this is Molly Marcello, News and Public Affairs Director. I am zooming into the present with uh, Moab City Engineer Chuck Williams, to be specific. Hello, Chuck. Hello, Molly. How are you? Chuck, let's try this again. Tell me something about your day today. I was fortunate I got to spend some time on the construction side today. Perfect. Okay. I got the volume situation figured out. We've got you on air. We're good to go. Um, I think I saw you on the construction site. So, dear listener, what we're talking about, this thing that uh, has been on my mind to talk to Chuck about, um, the Mill Creek Drive Water Improvements Project. Am I getting that right? Um, If you've been around uh, the Dave's Corner Market area, you probably noticed it. (laughs) So, Chuck, what is going on? What's going on with this project? Sure, Molly. Um, It's a long-needed project. Um, We're replacing about two miles of 12-inch water line that's probably 70 years old, um, which takes it back to almost World War II era pipe. Um, Not quite that far, but close. In fact, some of the pipe has lead joints in it. So it's been a, a bad actor and the this was all possible because council um, raised the water rates. And as the reason to raise the rates was so we could take care of some of our infrastructure. And this was one of our highest priorities after drilling the new well, mm. uh, which we recently completed. Um, okay. So this is, uh, we're going to have about, like I said, two miles of 12 inch water line. We'll have 13 new fire hydrants. Some of those are replacement fire hydrants. You know, the, the good news is we're going to get this done and we're going to uh, have new lines that should last another 70 years. Uh, the bad news is because this is the one of the main lines that feed the city from our well field to the south of town, um, those lines were put in, in in two of our main roads, which is Mill Creek Drive right. and, you know, then down 400 East. Um, and so there's traffic volumes. The, that's the bad news. The good news is we're getting this part of it done during the winter. So there's not the increased traffic volumes that we experience in the spring and the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, these problems are uh, with construction and Moab and it's, and really it's everywhere. There's a city as old as ours, but uh, there are utilities underground that were never really mapped when they were installed, both that water line and some of the other utilities. So we always encounter like today and this afternoon, we had hoped to have that, traffic control and be out of that intersection today mm-hmm. well we encountered a gas line that was at the exact same elevation and there's no way to know every right. that data just doesn't exist. so we had to call the gas company and they had to loop the gas line underneath there so with any luck we'll be out of that intersection uh tomorrow and uh you know we really appreciate people's patience with it we know that it's inconvenient but it's what we need to do to to take care of our infrastructure so we have good, safe drinking water. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it sounds like it was an overdue project. World War II era? Did you say? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Close to that, anyway. <laughs> Close to that, okay. And am I right in saying that it's uh, it's replacing 12,000 feet of the old water main pipe? That's a lot of pipe. Uh, we're going to replace uh, about 11,000 feet of 12-inch water line with brand new water line. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we abandon the old water line in place. Gotcha. Um, and our next uh, pinch point, if you will, be is going to be when we get down to the Sand Flats intersection with Mill Creek, and then you have to cross the bridge across uh, Mill Creek. 
and we're hoping to get that done in the month of February to avoid the Easter challenges that we have with traffic and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, and then it'll be going straight down Mill Creek uh, Drive all the way down to Murphy Lane, and then that'll be the end of the project. Okay. We've already done a, a new line replacement along Powerhouse Lane. That part is already completed. Yeah, at least the pipe installation is completed, yes. Okay. All right, so some time pressure on you as far as looking at Easter Jeep Safari in the sand flats <laughs> intersection. Um, I saw a, a photo and a cut line in the Times Independent calling it the Big Dig, but I didn't think that it's going to be 20 years like Boston's Big Dig. I hope I hope that was Doug having a sense of humor moment. I think so. Um, no, we're hoping to have this project done in April okay. and passed that uh, problem there. The, the underground utilities are the biggest thing. Okay. Um, we had to, and we got started two months late because we couldn't get material. Our contractor couldn't get materials because the supply chain shortages that are happening in the world these days happened to us, but we're on track now and we think we're, we're making progress. Well, we are making progress on it. Great. So this is the um, big Mill Creek Drive water improvements project that's going on now. Um, the project is impacting the one and a half mile stretch of Mill Creek Drive between 400 East and the Pat Creek Bridge near Murphy Lane. As And uh, Chuck just said that uh, powerhouse lane improvements have been made. Um, you know, as far as uh, the need for this project, it was quite clear as you laid out at the top. I mean, are there other water infrastructure improvements in Moab City that are on your mind or in the, you know, timeline tracker for the engineering department at Moab City? Yes. You know, one of the things that we've implemented in the last five years is a uh, a five-year capital improvement program whereby we identify projects that are needed and then we, we will go to council and suggest, we'll rank all the projects. Uh, we'll have internal staffing and then mm -hmm. the council gets to review it and ask questions and reprioritize it. And right now we have a five-year capital improvements project list that was adopted in April of 2021. Um, of about $60 million. Mm. Now that, and the way those were developed is, um, and my predecessors did a, did a really great job uh, doing this. I, I'm not, uh, I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. We finished it, but uh, they developed master plans where they went in and did a lot of research, uh, working with the crews who know the problem areas by maintaining the problem areas. And those plans then lead to development of projects to resolve the issue that have been identified in the plans. And so on the water side, uh, our number one priority was to get well a new well drilled and we completed that uh, successfully um, and uh, it'll be up and running uh, sometime in June. We're out to bid right now for the facility itself. Okay. We, we drilled okay. a well into the grounds of 400 deep well, 400 foot deep well. Um, and then we're doing the Mill Creek water line project and in answer to your question, uh, what's next is uh, we're going to go in and we call it optimizing and securing existing facilities. And pretty much that's just a good way to say we're, we've evaluated how to bring our facilities up to speed. Mm. We have good water quality, but some of the physical facilities are lacking. Mm 
Okay. Um, in terms of reliability, so we've just, <clears throat> excuse me, completed an analysis for that, and we're going to start working away, and that'll be a multi-year project. It's doing things like fencing some of our facilities, and um, there's some other things involved. And then the other thing is we also have on our uh, bond outlook for the next two years to put in a new water storage tank out uh, in the south of the town. Uh, which will enhance fire protection. That's what, um, you know, we have three water tanks right now. And, you know, and not to talk down to you or the listeners, but, you know, we pump the water from the ground. All of our water is groundwater in Moab. And we pump it to the tanks. And in the tanks, we store them. We have three one million gallon tanks. And then the water that comes to people's taps, just gravity flows, but it also serves as storage in the event of a fire, mm. so we need another tank, another okay. uh, two million gallon tank, and that's on the the horizon, if you will. Okay. In answer to your yeah, never never fear about talking down to me when it comes to water. <laughs> it's complicated <laughs> in this valley, so I appreciate that. So identifying another water storage tank was was identified in that plan and is on the way. It sounds like, and there was some. Um, wasn't there um, some fire flow improvements for this Mill Creek Drive project also? Um, will there be some new hydrants? Yeah, we have, I was looking at the bid before the show. There's, we have 13 hydrants in there. Some of them are replacement hydrants, you know, old 40-year-old hydrants. Right. And, and I think we've got like three new ones, three or four new ones in there. I don't right. recall exactly how much. But yes, there are some improvements in there. Okay. Listener, we're talking to Chuck Williams, the engineer at Moab City. He's um, giving us a rundown of some of the infrastructure improvements that are ongoing right now and that are on the horizon. Um, One of those that made local media coverage was the so-called Pack Creek Footbridge. So this is a different subject. This is well, it's sort of related to water, right? Flooding. <laughs> so the footbridge um, is one of the bridges that crosses Pack Creek behind uh, the parking lot of the St. Francis Episcopal Church. It was condemned last year, but somewhat recently the city uh, did set aside uh, $300,000 to replace the bridge. Uh, Chuck, can you, can you fill us in on the storyline <laughs> of this bridge and where we are now with it? Because it, it um, something that did pop up was that, you know, it did, did seem like a lot of local bicyclists and pedestrians do use this uh, crossway. So tell, tell us about this bridge. Sure. That bridge is, you know, done with volunteer help, probably 30, we think it is back in the 80s. Okay. Um, from what we pieced together. It was never really designed and appropriately for the, you know, Pack Creek is one of our three FEMA floodplains in um, the city. And at that particular location, the 100-year flood is about 7,000 cubic feet per second, which is a significant amount of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colorado River today is running at 2,000 cubic feet per second. Oh, wow. Uh, it's low flow in the winter, but still mm-hmm. just as a yeah. comparison. It's potential. And what happened when Pack Creek watershed burned, um, and we, we went in about three years ago and did some repairs on it to try and, because it was getting into an unsafe condition and we did some repairs on the order of $20,000 worth of repair. Um, and then the floods came of this last August and, um, that bridge was overtopped and damaged. Uh, hence the, uh, designation of it as hazardous. Mm-hmm. 
and we made the determination it wasn't salvageable. Um, and and that's okay because um, what we've done now is council has budgeted three hundred thousand. We're currently in design for a new bridge. We don't know what that looks like yet. Literally, we started three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, but but it's but it's moving. Um, and also during the floods, uh, uh, you, you asked about flooding. Uh, we identified four sites in the city that were eligible for what's called the Emergency Watershed Protection Act from the Natural Resource Conservation Service. Mm. And that's one of the sites. Now, that, that program won't replace structures. Okay. I asked, the first ask, yeah, oh, sure. can, you <laughs> can you do this for us? Yeah. They said politely no. Mm -hmm. But what they can do is help us do stream bank protection. Hmm. Um, because a lot of debris got washed down during those floods, mm -hmm. you know of the dead deadfall and such and uh also it's overgrown in areas um and the city's you know been working trying to re some of those areas uh, methodically over the years but but there's some money uh that we were obtained from that protection act um and we're going to use that money for stream bank protection to protect the new bridge so we got some assistance from the from the feds for that so and we're hoping um you know, supply chain shortages aside, potentially to have that bridge in, in 2022, we, you know, we'd, we'd love to have it in, but mm -hmm. it might be late fall. It might not be in time for the summer. I'm sure it's really hard to predict right now, given, like you've been saying, the supply chain issues. It's, it's, it's a little bit, puts all these projects on a more questionable timeline. <laughs> it, it does. And, you know, the last time I talked to a bridge manufacturer, they told me that it would be nine months mm -hmm. once we identified it. Because what we do is we typically, we have a choice of bringing in prefabricated bridges, like some of them that are out there, like by Zach's parking lot. Those are prefab bridges that you bring in and build the abutments in the ground and okay. use a crane okay. to set them. Or we can pour box culverts, which are more concrete. And there's one of those over off of 200 South. We haven't determined yet what type of structure it'll be. My guess is it's going to be a prefab bridge of some sort. Okay. Um, now, you said you there were some other areas that were identified for federal help around Moab City, and I'm, I'm hoping you could talk in general. You know, the county, I know, has some planned flood mitigation work around the Pack Creek drainage, and I'm curious if, you know, Moab City also has to you know, look into that or has been looking into that given the flooding that we experienced last year. Yeah. And that was approved by the NRCS. Those, we have four sites. One of them is that Pat Creek pedestrian bridge. One of them is the Pat Creek bridge underneath 400 East. We're going to do some stream bank protection on the upstream side. Um, the other is Pat Creek under main street, which is a UDOT bridge, but there are, uh, issues there with uh, vegetation growing up and lowering the conveyance there. So we'll mm. work, we'll, we'll work cooperatively with UDOT on that. We've already, I've been in contact with them. And then the other one is down by where Mill Creek crosses underneath 500 West, just upstream of the BMX park mm -hmm. that was damaged and overtopped uh, because of the Pack Creek confluences into Mill Creek upstream of there. Um, there was flooding on that last year as well. So we received some funds to, uh, raise some of those trails, put some more bank protection in, uh, make it a little more uh, durable during flooding because it's all down in the floodplain. 
Chuck, thank you so much for coming on and, and telling us about some of these infrastructure projects. Um, I know there's there's lots more, but, you know, anything else to mention as far as water or roads, road improvements um, coming up in the Moab area? If I may, the one thing that I'd point out is that uh, we're currently doing a transporta- unified transportation master plan with Grand County, um, and that's made, we took advantage of a UDOT funding for that, and plus we kicked in some money ourselves. And we're about halfway through. We've had uh, two public meetings so far, and we have a project list right now that has about 13 uh, projects on there. A lot of them are active transportation projects, um, and some of them are uh, projects that will lead, I believe, to funding in the future. So there's still opportunity for the public to uh, keep an eye on our, our social media and in our web pages when we advertise public meetings for them to, we have a website for that, for, to influence those, but that'll be, that will set the stage for some of the Moab transportation projects. Moab transportation. And, these, and are these projects that could be supported by UDOT or are UDOT led? Um, can you help us understand that distinction? Sure. That so UDOT owns Highway Main Street, Highway 191, as it comes through the city, and that's their right of way, and there and we can't work in there without their permission. So one of the things that projects that we're hopeful for is at the intersection of Aggie Boulevard and Highway 191 that we can get a traffic signal there sooner rather than later because school opens, I believe, April 1st of this year. But there are rules on how, how you can put where you can put traffic signals that UDOT has to uh, work with. And, uh, right. you know, another example is we've talked about another hawk. One of the things we heard a lot at our public meetings so far was in the vicinity of Dogwood Avenue over mm-hmm. there by Village Market, mm-hmm. that there's, there's no, it's hard to get across that stretch of roadway between 400 East and Cane Creek Boulevard. Yeah. So there's discussion where we can bring forth to UDOT requests for things like a a hawk signal, you know, the pedestrian act- activated signal mm-hmm. or a traffic signal. We don't, we don't know yet, but so that there's a, we stay in close touch with UDOT and that's their domain. Um, outside of that, it's city funded projects and there's some uh, real quick, I know. Yeah. yeah. Go, but no, no, you got time. The other project weird happening in the near future is while we're underway, we're doing design right now is we applied for a grant to UDOT because um, we have five bridges, we have six bridges now, but we have five of them that aren't wide enough to carry full-size bike lanes across them. Mm, So we approached UDOT and said, hey, you've got a grant program for bicycles. Could we widen our bridges um, to make them bicycle safe? And we got a 50-50 cost share with UDOT, so we're going to go into the Pack Creek Bridge under 400 East and widen that. We're going to add a girder to it so that we'll have sidewalk and not that funky metal sidewalk that's hanging over the edge, which has to be replaced. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's also worked so far, uh-huh. uh, but we'll replace that and uh, put in that. So that's a, a way that we take advantage of UDOT programs. They don't have programs for everything, but some of their programs are available that we're trying to take advantage of if they meet the city's needs and desires. Gotcha. Okay, so and it sounds like there is some funding or interest behind active transportation-related projects. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we have a lot of turnout. 
And during the transportation plan, we had a pretty robust uh, stakeholder engagement program where we we chased people to try and get their input and people responded. Well, you know, everybody's busy, you know, we understand that, right. You know, but we, but people did engage and they gave us a lot of feedback and we had, you know, with the COVID, we didn't have as good a turnout at the public meetings as we wanted, but we did have turnout right. and we got some good feedback. So that um, transportation planning process that you mentioned with UDOT and also Grand County, that's still ongoing. Um, where can people find more information about that if they if they're curious? We have a link on the city's web, website, and I think it's called uh, the website is I think Grand County and Moab TMP dot com, <laughs> but I might be wrong about that. Okay, <laughs> it's a I'll, long... <laughs> I'll double check it and make sure that we have it. And um, for anyone who wants to listen to this program later on our website, we'll put it. Uh, on the web post and on the podcast. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. I can get you the correct one. I will get you the correct one. I know when you're talking uh, infrastructure and transportation, the um, acronyms can get a little wonky. So (laughs) they're probably all running together in your mind. They certainly are for me. Um, So we've been speaking with Chuck Williams, Moab City's engineer, about various infrastructure-related projects and planning. Chuck, is there anything else that you want to mention about um, what's happening now or what's going to happen in the future? Just that that 400 East Pack Bridge project will be happening sometime this summer. Okay. And, And by the way, for the listeners, we try and carefully pick the locations where we have construction projects. We're we try not to put them all in one place at one time, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're trying to, you know, like this Mill Creek water line is on the, you know, the east side of town. We we wouldn't want to have another one that's right there next to it, sure. that type of an infrastructure project. But So we do try and balance that, even though, you know, we know it's inconvenient for the traveling public, and we appreciate their help and their patience, and we're trying to keep it safe as we go, and we hope the public understands that too. Yeah, sure. You know, the Mill Creek water line project, it sounds like um, you you are anxious to get out of that Dave's Corner Market intersection and up a little ways. And the next spot is um, that Sandflats Corner, and then you'll move on. Is that that the progression of events? (laughs) That's right. That's the direction we're moving. We started in 400 East, Uh and we're heading toward uh, Murphy Lane, and we've got to go through Sandflats and across the bridge. But we think we're going to be able to keep the bridge open, except for couple of minor flagging closures. Well, you know, folks can stay updated, of course, on the city website at moabcity.org. Chuck, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome, Molly. Thanks for having me. Always nice to have um, someone to directly say, tell me what's going on <laughs> with construction projects on the corner. So it's 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 great to have you here. Um, listener, you've been tuning into This Week in Moab. Um, I'm Molly Marcella, your host for this evening. Um, we're going to be back in just a few minutes. We're going to talk to Caitlin Myers, who is now the first executive director of the Moab Area Community Land Trust. So stay tuned for that. You're tuned in to KZMU Moab Community Radio. It is 5.32 on a bright evening in Moab. If you're catching us driving down the highway, sometimes I like to imagine people uh, on I-70 
tuning in to KZMU uh, makes me happy. Um, I'm one of those radio scanners myself. I'm Molly Marcello, news director here at the station and your host of This Week in Moab tonight. Um, we are here with Caitlin Myers. Hello, Caitlin. Hi, Molly. So nice to have you in person in the studio. So nice to be here. It's been a while. It's been a while. You, um, I want to say that you're like a somewhat regular guest on KZMU. Off and on. Off and on. Yeah, yeah. off and on. You, you've had um, several public roles and you're actually here to talk about your newest one, which is being the ED, the executive director of the Moab Area Community Land Trust, um, which is super exciting. But I want to step back into your work history. Cause sure. You yeah. have basically done everything that you could do related to housing, right, in in this community? Yeah, I've, I've jumped around in the housing roles a few times. Um, <laughs> yes. I remember you started in um, Green County, in the Green County Community and Economic Development Department. Yes. I So I moved to Moab in August of 2016. I was in AmeriCorps VISTA, so this is also a shout-out to the VISTA Amazing. program. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of my friends, so many people mm. I work with, amazing, amazing program. Mm. Um, but I, I was working for the county, uh, which was then just community development, mm-hmm. working on housing. So I was there when, when the county passed the 2017 housing plan, um, did a lot with that um, in my first year. And then the county in 2017 expanded, well, I guess going into 2018, expanded to include economic development. So I was hired on as the community and economic development specialist Mm. and did that for two years, continued working on housing. So I was involved with the high density housing overlay and the assured housing policy uh, that the county passed, which by the way, it's super exciting seeing the HDHO projects actually being built now. Right, right. Crazy how much time has passed since then. Um, and then in 2018, I uh, transitioned to be the senior projects manager for Moab City um, and worked on the Walnut Land project for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of work history. Um, and now I'm entering into my new role with uh, the Land Trust or MACOLT. Mackolt. We can call it Mackolt. Mackolt. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Moab Area Community Land Trust is kind of long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm so excited and super honored to be the very first ED, very first staff person, mm-hmm. um, and want to say thank you to the county for giving the Land Trust the grant to fund my position. Um, but I was on the board mm-hmm. for the land trust for four years, even before today. So mm-hmm. um, I joined the board in February 2017, um, very, back before we even were thinking about land donations. So it's been very mm-hmm. exciting to be along for the ride. Um, you know, when I first started, we were just working on projects and policies, building a website, making a logo, mm-hmm. very um, kind of basic right. first start thing. Here's our mission statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's been very exciting to see 
how much Rural Crossing has grown and how much this organization has grown right. over the last few years. Um, so for people who might not know, can you tell us what the land trust is? This is this is the second land trust in Utah. Am I right in saying that? This is the second housing-focused land trust. Housing-focused land trust. Oh, yeah. interesting. Community land trust. Okay. All yeah. right. Second community land trust in, in Utah. Yeah. Um, tell it, you know, what does a land trust do and what does our land trust do? specifically um so the well i'll start with the mission um so the mission of the land trust here is to provide permanently affordable housing by holding land in trust uh for residents of moab grand county and northern san juan county okay um and so a traditional land trust a lot of times traditional land trusts hold land in trust, literally. So they buy land and they just hold it and preserve it. Mm -hmm. A community land trust is a little bit different. We hold land in trust and we develop it for the community. So um, the way it works in Moab and for other community land trusts is uh, the piece of property is owned by the land trust and then any of the houses or anything vertical on top of that Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, owned separately. So all of our homeowners that are building out at Aurora Crossing, the land Mm -hmm. trust owns the land, the -hmm. physical land, and our homeowners own the housing and any of the other assets that sit sit on top of the land. So that, like, cuts you know, the price of the land out of the equation if you're a, f- a home buyer? Yes. Okay. It Since this land was donated, um, that especially helps, but um, the land is never part of the equation. So, okay. and these houses are literally taken off the market mm-hmm. um, because the land will never go for sale again. Mm-hmm. All of the homeowners sign a 99-year uh, ground lease or a lot land lease mm-hmm. um, to lease the land from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they go to sell the house, that that is renewed for another 99 years. Um, so the ground leases have uh, maximum sales price. They're income capped. Mm-hmm. Um, homeowners are required to live and work in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the max sales price, Right now, homeowners are building to a certain budget, and then as they live in the homes, they're allowed to gain a certain amount of equity each year. Um, and so the the market is, it's never a market question of what these houses are going to sell for. Right. It's a pretty consistent formula. Right. And does that, okay, I know we're talking about, because we're, right now, Arroyo Crossing is in the very early stages where people are just beginning to um, build homes yep. <laughs> on the property. But it is important to talk about, like, well, what happens in, like, 10 years or 20 years when someone has a life change and they want to, you know, I think that is important to kind of underscore for our listeners that these won't become, you know, second homes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it's um, in the ground lease. They can never be overnight rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to be primary residents. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will never be second homes. They'll never be short-term rentals. They will always, in perpetuity, be housing for local workforce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
And did I forget to um, tell talk about where Arroyo Crossing is located? Oh, yeah. It is located in Spanish Valley, uh, probably a stone's throw away from the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is near Resource Boulevard, um, kind of by Synergy, mm-hmm. MPS building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that general zone. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And the big plan, of course, is to eventually have 300 units of housing on this property. And it's happening in phases. So can you tell us about what's happening right now? Yeah. Um, so we are really excited that we have framing up for our first 16 single-family homes. So um, the Housing Authority and Community Rebuilds are both actively building, um, and we have 16 homeowners that are... I was actually out there this morning, and homeowners are starting to work on their houses with their build teams. Uh, Exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But we... So the Land Trust received $4.3 million in new market tax credits to build out the infrastructure, mm-hmm. which is what's in the ground now, which is phase one. So mm-hmm. it'll be 247 units in the first phase, including single-family homes, twin homes, which are kind of like duplexes mm-hmm. except different ownership, um, townhomes, and apartments. Um, and we also have one lot that we will be building a daycare facility and maybe some um, office space. Amazing. Yeah. Tell us about, you know, I know this is, okay, so you are the first ED of the Moab Community Area Land Trust. Did I get it? Mackle. <laughs> Mackle. Yeah, thank yeah. you for, you're going to have to say that a few times before I get it. Um, you're the first ED. Um, it was made possible through, like you said, a grant through the county. Mm-hmm. Um, but this board, I mean, it's been run by a group of the the organization has been run by a group of dedicated volunteers yeah. <laughs> for yes. years, right? Am yes. I right? Um, so the need for an an ED, tell us about that. You know how they identified this need. Um, yes. Um, well, I want to give a plug to Audrey Graham uh, because she has been with this organization. Yeah. This is actually, in April, it will be 10 years since the Land Trust Incorporated. She's been along for that ride. Um, But it's just been a volunteer board. Uh, When we were going through the infrastructure process, we hired um, Mountainlands Community Housing Trust, Mm. which is based out of Park City. That's the other... The other community land trust. Okay. In Utah. Um, And so they... Uh, did a lot of the legwork. Um, mm-hmm. We also have a really great lender um, that has been helping us a lot. Um, but yes, we definitely could not have gone through a lot of the bulk of getting infrastructure in and entitlements done without Pat Matheson at Mountainlands. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but once he, there, our contract ended with him at the end of 2020. Um, and so this past year, 2021, it was just back to the volunteer board, and it was, mm. I mean, it was so much work. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so for, I mean, for a couple of years, Land Trust had talked about maybe hiring someone part-time or mm-hmm. contracting out another property or a project manager, mm-hmm. um, and the pieces just really fell together, and the county stepped up and the board mm-hmm. was really grateful for that so it's just right 
A perfect storm. Yeah. <laughs> perfect storm that ushered you in. Yep. In the eye of the storm. <laughs> well, tell me about, you know, you are now on the job for, what, two weeks now, even though, right? Is that correct? Uh, I started one week ago. Oh, excuse me. So I'm this doubling it. <laughs> this is your second week. Yep. But like you said, you had a lot of experience on the board beforehand. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about your vision as an ED? I know this is really new, but right yeah. now you're probably just trying to get your feet under you. But what excites you about this this position? Um, well, I am really excited. Uh, I think the main goal still right now is seeing a row crossing through. We're right. super excited to be working on the first 16. Mm-hmm. That means we still have another 384 unit or there are 284 units to go mm-hmm. but um so that's definitely a big goal um but something else that I'm really excited about and want to start working on in the next couple of years is starting to talk more about deed restrictions I think the land trust I mean we are mission driven to provide permanently affordable housing for people that live and work here mm-hmm. um, and so I'm really excited to start exploring other avenues to work with other businesses other employers um, mm-hmm. just people that live and work here to provide um, more housing for locals right. um, whether that's through acquiring or providing due restrictions on existing housing mm-hmm. or partnering on new developments um oh interesting so there's like a lot of ways that a land trust can sort of it doesn't you don't have to have just this one project which is a rail crossing right there are other things that you can do as a land trust um to you don't have to well of course i'm sure you would take more donations of land yes yes (laughs) but um are you thinking of like like you said deed restrictions are there policies that you could work on to or advocate for um, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak too much ahead of myself. Right. I think that um, now that I'm in this position, I think that, and especially this is, you know, our kind of our 10 year anniversary of incorporation. So I think now is a really good time for us as an organization to sit down with our board and with our community partners and really mm-hmm. talk about what that looks like, what those policies could be, mm-hmm. how the land trust could be a better partner to other employers that you know are really struggling to mm-hmm. find the time or energy or money to build workforce housing but really need it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know what that looks like, but I'm excited to start having those conversations. Sure. Yeah. Related to increasing the housing stock, I mean, this is something that this project will definitely do um, for Moab, creating 300 units of housing. And if you're working with local employers, too, on deed restrictions, that would, you know, guarantee, you know, certain housing units will stay, you know, for the workforce. I know you also sit on, you sit on a regional board, I sit on a a statewide board. A statewide board, Which is, uh, yes, the Utah Housing Coalition. The Utah Housing Coalition. Okay. I'm curious, speaking to you with, like, the amount of knowledge that you have on housing issues, something that's been popping out in my mind is, like, we do need the housing stock, but we can't just, like, build our way out of the housing crisis. Right. I want to get your thoughts and opinions on that because, you know, that has been in the back of my mind (laughs) as I continue to report on housing. Totally. Yes, we, I mean, especially in Moab and in other resort communities, we only have so much land. We will never be able to fully build out of this crisis. I do think that 
density is important Mm -hmm. and it definitely helps even just adding ADUs or converting Mm -hmm. a single family home into a duplex. Um, I mean, that's, that's doubling the density even right there. Um, but I do think that deed restrictions play a really big role. I think, um, other communities like Vale and Aspen and Telluride have done a lot of work, um, and provided a lot of funding to mm-hmm. subsidize workforce housing um, or create new deed restriction programs like the Vail and Deed mm-hmm. program that I think we've talked about on, on the radio. We have. Bit. We have talked about it. But remind yeah. us what that is. You know, it's, um, it's kind of a deed restriction buyback program. So Vail um, will, when houses are going for sale, um, in the Vail market, they, you know, there's such a high demand for second homes that they will um, offer uh, basically a subsidy to put a deed restriction on that just for primary residency, mm-hmm. not for mm-hmm. income, sure. not for anything else, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of buy back, um, you know, local housing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a way for them to, instead of, you know, spending $10 million to build a couple of homes, right. they can spend $10 million and put deed restrictions on, you know, 40 houses wow. uh, without ever having to buy them or mm-hmm. own them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really amazing program. I'm really excited about that and um, would, would love to see something like that happen sure. here in Moab. Yeah, like we're talking about, you know, not being able to just solely build our way out of this crisis, but having other um, creative solutions that could ensure housing stock for local, our local workforce. Yep. It takes a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, as Zachariah used to say when he was at the county, there's no silver bullet. Uh Um, And as time goes on, that becomes more and more true. Mm -hmm. What about, you know, this might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but what about political will? Because uh, you've been here for quite some time working on housing issues. Do you think that right now we're in a a moment where (laughs) the political will is there? Yeah, I definitely think um, the city and the county over the last few years have really showed that. I think mm-hmm. even the county helping the land, I mean, they have been a critical partner right. with the Royal Crossing and with my position and with the city working on Walnut Lane. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I love that project as well and would love to see the city continue to fight for that because mm-hmm. that's... Um, very critical housing for um, a really important part of our population here. Um, So I I think that they are, I mean, they're doing, Mm -hmm. there's definitely the political will. It's Mm -hmm. just there are so many uh, fires Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. with everything going on right now. I know. Um, You know, it may, I don't know if this helps the situation, but I mean, (laughs) this, this is not, we're not the only town that is experiencing this. We have sister, you know, um, all of our um, similar communities that serve um, a big population of tourists. You have a small local population working in the service industry. Like we're all facing the same issues. And I I mean, there is a bit of community or idea exchange. Like you were just talking about Vail here on Mm -hmm. the Utah Housing Coalition. Like there are all these different towns and cities to be drawing um, ideas from and exchanging. Yeah. Exchanging ideas. We're speaking with Caitlin Myers, the first ever Moab Area Community Land Trust 
executive director, yep. Mackelt, Mackelt, Mackelt. I'm going to get this by the end of this program. So we're speaking with her because she is uh, embarking on, you know, taking this organization, not revisioning it, but kind of taking the helm of this and um, elevating, elevating it. Yep. Right. So we were saying, you know, the first 16 homes are currently um, in construction at Arroyo Crossing. Eventually, eventually daycare, eventually apartment building. I'm curious about the apartment building timeline. Do you have any scope of like when um, we can have more information about that? Yeah, actually, hopefully soon-ish mm-hmm. later this year. Um, the housing authority, so there are two um, tracks at Arroyo Crossing that are slated for apartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the housing authority is currently pulling together a low-income housing tax credit application for the spring um, for a 32-unit apartment building or Mm -hmm. apartment complex. Um, And I'm actually really excited to share that they partnered with the county. This is another county supporting housing plug, but um, they worked with the county to get an economic development grant of $300,000 to support the pre-development costs for that. so if that timeline goes according to plan, um, the Housing Authority will be in pre-development this year and hopefully start construction on a 32-unit apartment complex sometime next year going into 2024. So, Wow, that's a big deal. Yep. So what, what's interesting about this project in particular is that you're partnering, the land trust is partnering with these developers, <laughs> with yep. these local developers. Yes. And I'm sure that's like a big weight off their shoulders to finding land to develop. And they have this, you know, ready-made partnership right here. Yep. Absolutely. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank um, you for having me. What else can you tell us about where the community land trust is right now with you at the helm this last week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's just been a week, so I'm still trying to figure out how to steer the ship. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Uh, but yeah, I think right now we are just looking for support at mm-hmm. Arroyo Crossing. Um, for people who are interested in living at Arroyo Crossing, I would recommend them reaching out to uh, the Housing Authority or Community Rebuilds if they're mm-hmm. interested in self-help. Um, we're starting partnerships. We're discussing partnerships with a few other developers okay. for twin homes and townhomes that will be um, a slightly higher income range than self-help. Okay. Um, so still working on that. So if you're interested in housing at the Land Trust, reach out to us through our website. Okay. Um, and we are actively as we're as we're building we are figuring out how this works along the way so right yeah this is a big i mean i just want to set this in in context for our listeners that yes this is like the second community land trust in utah but this is like a very unique project this is not how community land trusts <laughs> usually start <laughs> right they usually start with uh-huh. acquiring one house so right. this is this right. is big it's a big it's a big deal and um it's exciting to hear about this new position that um you are in for our community. Do you have the website off the top of your head? Yes, it's moabclt.org. moabclt.org. Listener, this is Molly Marcello, your host tonight of this week in Moab and we've been speaking to Caitlin Myers. Um the ED of our local land trust. Thank you so much. 
for Thank being you, here. If you want to listen to this conversation again <laughs> or find it later, um, it'll be up on our website at kzmu.org. Thank you so much for being with us and enjoy your evening. <laughs>